Tech to Detect, Outdoor Fires Early. Welcome back to Textonation. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us from a company called Torch is CEO and co-founder Michael Buckwald. Hi, Michael. Hi, Fred. And also with us is Vasya Tremsen, co-founder and COO. Hi, Vasya. Hello. Great to see you. So let's start out with an overview of what Torch is all about. Uh, Michael, you want to start out? Yeah, sure. Happy to start out. Yeah, so we're trying to build the world's uh, first accurate multiple sensor tool to detect fire locally on someone's property, um, whether that is a consumer's home or whether that uh, is a business like a vineyard or agriculture or a government um, Essentially, um, if I was to describe it in one word, I would say bringing the smoke detector um, to the outdoors. Very interesting. And uh, Vasya, tell us about uh, how this came about. Yep. So actually, I came up with the idea for a high school science fair project. So I was doing you know science fair projects since about eight, the eighth grade. And this was my project for senior year of high school. And then I went to the International Science and Engineering Fair and it won the first place there. Um, and then after that, a lot of the judges at the science fair actually kind of you know, persuaded me. They, they were telling me that the, this idea is so cool that you should try to make it into a real product. And so then uh, one of the judges actually connected uh, me to Michael and that's how the company was born after that. And then you know, for the past basically five years, I've been doing a lot of technology optimization been doing a lot of testing on prescribed burns around the state and really trying to hone in the technology, hone in the algorithms, the sensors, and um, you know, make it a real product that actually detects wildfires really, really early on. Is there a reason why you focused on this? Uh, so back in you know 2017, there were these huge Napa Valley wildfires that basically destroyed half of the city of Napa. And I live in the Bay Area, just as Michael does, and we had you know, these huge smoke clouds. My school actually closed down for a week. Um, I was also on the swim team and we couldn't swim for about two weeks just because of the air quality. Um, and then, you know, the whole thing repeated again in 2020. So basically living in the Bay Area, we see the effects of wildfires all the time and they get worse and worse basically every single year. Uh, and there has been no technology to really address the aspect of early detection and that's why these fires that start off as something really small outdoors, they become these huge wildfire infernos that destroy entire communities. And so we've seen that firsthand. And I know you are COO. Um, are you still in school? Or tell us, uh, tell us, give us an idea. I hope you don't mind if I ask how old you are. Yeah, I'm 23. I just graduated from the University of Pennsylvania um, in, in, in December. Congratulations. So, Michael. You're introduced to this uh, young man. Uh, tell us what your thoughts are from, from that point. So I was introduced by um, David Holtz, who had been my co-founder at a previous company of mine. And um, David had met him at the science fair and was just like overwhelmed, which is very rare um, because David uh, very rarely speaks highly of people, let alone like um, with kind of flowery rhetoric um, and so emphatically. Um, and then uh, David connected us, which was fortunate because uh, yeah, the idea um, 
just makes sense. Um, early detection is the most important thing to end fires early before they burn down whole property, before they become wildfires themselves. So uh, it makes sense to place sensors locally. Um, and uh, so the science was there, but the idea also was um, was was yeah, it was it was it was an enchanting and powerful idea and powerful mission. Thousands of people killed, billions of dollars in damage. Wildfires are a growing problem across the globe. So we did something about it. At Torch. We created a revolutionary all-in-one solution to early-stage outdoor fire detection. Similar to a household fire alarm, our wireless sensors continuously monitor an outdoor area for any signs of fire. Our advanced technology immediately notifies you about a flame at its earliest stages, giving you the power to stop a fire in its infancy and prevent a deadly inferno. Our plug-and-play sensors are accurate, affordable and independently powered the intuitive torch mobile app warns you about fires across all of your properties as well as the areas around them join our movement of using novel technology to prevent property damage save human lives and stop wildfires from destroying the environment this is our mission to empower anyone to detect fires early and prevent disaster at the start So you have this idea. How did this become a, a real product? And tell us about the the features, what people should know. Um, yeah, I guess I'll start with the features, I guess. So basically, each of our devices features a number of different sensors on it that detect both line of sight and non-line of sight variables. So we have infrared cameras on every device that look all around. Uh, we have visible cameras that have these spectral filters, which can actually filter out the flame from its surrounding environment. So both of those things work together to really kind of filter out false positives and be able to detect a fire visually. And then we also have three different gas sensors on every device and a temperature and humidity sensor. And then all of those things act together. So the gas sensors are actually adjusted in real time to the current temperature and humidity, which is very important because the readings obviously change based on the environment. Um, and so that is that is the focus on, you know, basically uh, detecting fires that are not uh, not in the line of sight as well. And these are solar powered? Oh, yeah. Everything is solar powered, uh, completely standalone. And they also don't require any cellular or Wi-Fi connection. The way they connect to each other is um, they connect in a mesh network with radio waves. So basically each device kind of talks to each other and passes information down from one to the next. And then all that information arrives at a gateway device, uh, which is plugged in at your home, basically. So somewhere you just plug it into an outlet and then that gateway device connects to Wi-Fi and that one passes all the information to your app. What's the range on these then uh, between the different uh, mesh network devices? Yeah, Michael, do you want to answer? Yeah, so, the, so each, each, each device itself covers 10 acres and it can detect a fire as small as uh, about like half a car size. And uh, so that's how far each sensor can see fire. 
but the actual the sensors can also communicate with other so if you wanted to say space the sensors out so that one sensor was covering 10 acres and then another sensor was covering 10 acres somewhere else that could be up to several miles away that's uh, fascinating that you're able to achieve that that kind of range um must be a pretty powerful radio signal yeah, yeah. The, the technology has gotten really advanced. So um, we're, I guess, we're able to take advantage of um, both sort of incredible advances in, in radio um, that makes it possible to send low power, long distance signals, um, but also sensors. Um, and I guess also just, I guess, algorithms. So I think the reason that this hasn't been possible for um, it's a combination of things. Uh, it's it's because they the sensors weren't available, the processors weren't available. No one had built the algorithms like we built or built the hardware, um, and even the radio um, didn't exist probably five years ago. Tell us about the efforts to keep these things affordable. A big part of the uh, equation here, right? Yeah, I can start. Basically, sure. um, we we try to keep it affordable from the very, very beginning. So the whole idea is making the system distributed, making it available to a wide range of users because we want to place these sensors everywhere in fire risk areas. Um, so even the design of the, which sensors to use, even the design of you know, how to optimize the power usage, the design of everything was really focused on minimizing the cost. Um, so if you look at you know, traditional uh, wildfire detection methods, a lot of them use kind of a centralized approach. So they use some kind of a really big, expensive infrared camera that overlooks a big area. And usually those cost you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they also don't see fires early enough. Um, or the other approach is doing something distributed, but only measuring gases. And the problem with that is if you have wind, then the, the smoke simply just goes away from the device and you will not see the fire at all. So we, you know, we made it a, a really important point to make it multivariable, to have these multiple variables, but we also made a really big point to make it low cost from the very, very beginning when we were choosing and uh, making the individual sensors when we were programming the algorithms, doing all of those aspects. So tell us how the pricing will work here. So we're selling it for $299. And that includes the sensor, um, and it also it, that includes access to our application that um, essentially alerts the user. Um, and again, whoever that is, whether it's a homeowner or a business owner, it alerts them that there's a fire so that they can take action early before it escalates. And does that include the base that these would connect to, or tell us how, how right. that works? And is there a subscription? Yeah, great question. Um, so yeah, yes, it does. It, can, it, it does include the, the base, um, at least. So it includes one base and one sensor. Uh, and then people can purchase, of course, if they need, if, if their property is bigger than 10 acres, they can purchase multiple sensors, which will also come with multiple bases. Uh, and we are, right now there isn't a subscription, um, at least for the core product. There, we are thinking about other features that we, might add in um, that are, I guess, tangential to um, fire tracking. Um, like for example, we have thought about adding things like uh, precipitation tracking or air quality tracking or reporting for, for the user 
Uh, and if we did something like that, we might have a subscription, but for now it's just $299 and that includes a sensor that tracks fire incredibly reliably and incredibly accurately uh, on a very large space of property. Um, and and it's also, I guess, it's it's, it's quite elegant. I'm very, I'm very, um, yeah, very proud of the of the of the design um, and the performance of the device. Yeah, it looks like a, a smart speaker kind of design, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We really wanted it to be beautiful um, for because I, you know, obviously it's important people use it. Um, so that's one re because if in order for us to achieve the change that we want to achieve in terms of reducing all of the terrible. Um, sort of catastrophic like impact of fires, we have to get people, especially the people who are at highest risk to put this on their property. So um, we thought a lot about how to make it beautiful, how to make it um, the entire experience really easy to use, um, and also how um, how I, the, so everything from the application to the actual sensor um, is hopefully really well thought out so people um, can use it. Are these designed to work, you know, if I have one, my neighbor has one or somebody else, you know, my, you know, within 10 acres has one that they're all going to talk to each other and you really expand the capabilities here? Very great. Yeah, great question. So that's actually a very important feature as well. Um, yeah, we're building out functionality to, uh, you can opt in to share your data and there's no point for them to talk to each other the point is basically that they need to just connect again to the gateway that just sends all the information to torch and then if you if you share your data with other members of your community you can also see um, data from other members of your community which is very important because that way we will protect entire neighborhoods that way we see um, if people are if someone else has a fire on a neighboring property you can see the warning for that as well um, we also have some government alerts within the app. So, you know, for your property, you'll say, oh, the city said that there's a fire nearby, be ready for evacuation or something. So we want to really make the app kind of an all-in-one solution to outdoor fires where, the, you know, the user will not only be able to see their property, but also detection on other properties, also government alerts, maybe some kind of weather alerts as well. So everything. I certainly see the value for uh, for individuals to purchase these for for their or their homes or, or businesses, but it would seem that uh, perhaps the, the broader market is state forest services, et cetera, or, or governmental agencies just to, to buy these and place them within range of each other so that they can cover a wide area. Um, is that what you're shooting for? Yeah, eventually we'd like them to be as ubiquitous, at least for the 30% of the country that is that is in higher fire risk areas. We, we want it to be as ubiquitous as smoke detectors are today. Um, and of course, as, as Vasya talked about, we're not, of course, we're much more complicated than a smoke detector technologically with a lot more sensors, but the idea of the smoke detector and the incredible progress that's happened in the past, um, I guess, 70 years since they've become essentially ubiquitous indoors everywhere, which is the ultimate form of early detection, um, which, you know, at the end of the day, empowers the user to either stop whatever's causing the fire, or they can turn off their stove, um, or they can, with a fire extinguisher, put it out, or they can call the fire department. But whatever happens, because it's early, that it, it's essentially preventing whole cities from burning to the ground, which happened for, for such a long time. Uh, and we're 
we're really, yeah, we're, we're trying to make it as ubiquitous as that. And, but, and, and eventually that hopefully will include, um, say in five years or 10 years, um, some kind of regulatory requirement from governments. But for the time being, we're focused on selling it to consumers, um, of course, but also selling it to um, national parks, to cities directly for public land and also private land, um, homeowners associations, uh, everything. Very, very interesting. Would they, if they, if you're aiming to put these in uh, forested areas, would they have to go? I would assume they might have to be above the tree line for the solar for the solar charging. Yeah. So um, since it's, it's a distributed approach, it's actually better to be below the tree line for the purpose of detection because that way you just have like less you have less uh, leave obstruction to see to the ground. That's the first point. And then we also offer a separate attachable solar panel in the case that you have very heavy vegetation, very heavy um, shade. Uh, if you look at our device images, there's a uh, there's a kind of a USB connector in the back that's uh, that has an IP rating. And basically we have an attachable solar panel as an accessory if you really need it that attaches to the side and uh, it will just supply extra power as well. So definitely want to make it completely standalone in any case. Very interesting. I'm sure you went through a lot of uh, iterations, uh, like any invention it does go through. Had you considered uh, using like cellular technology initially, or what led you to this design? Uh, yeah, initially, I think we were considering everything, you know, I don't know, some kind of satellite connection, cellular technology. But the problem is that, again, just to keep the price really really down that's the first problem the first there's two really big limitations one is the price and the other is the the um the power usage so we really need to minimize power usage especially like you mentioned since some some areas are shady some areas you know, just have less solar power so we need to find a solution that's the minimal power so our sensors actually optimize how much power they use on connection depending on how far they are from each other. So for example, if you have sensors that are closer to each other, you obviously need to spend less power on sending the data via radio waves. If they're farther, you need to spend more. So we optimize to that in, you know, in real time. Uh, but if, if, if we would use, to use cellular, that would just use a lot more power and be more costly. So we don't want to do that. Michael, you, you didn't uh, touch on specifics, but tell us uh, our audience a little bit more about your uh, wonderful background. So I've had, uh, I guess, a, a couple of companies, uh, most notably and recently was one called Leap Motion, which uh, was a also a hardware company. Um, it had actually sensors that are, I mean, the purpose was different, but had sensors that are kind of similar to the sensors we're working on now. Um, that company ended up raising $130 million and um, lasted for 10 years. And um, yeah, it was 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 a was an exciting um, I guess journey. We were trying to enable everyone to interact with their computer using hands and fingers. Um, so make interacting with a computer as easy as moving your hands in space. Right, and uh, as far as bringing this to market, uh, I assume you've been talking to to people, to governments, et cetera, of, of fire, uh, fire safety people? What's the reaction you're getting? Yeah, yeah, we've, we've been talking to people, yeah, people at, at all levels and, and um, yeah, we've had conversations with um, 
kind of everyone you would expect um, from, I guess, fire experts and kind of fire academia to governments, um, again, municipal governments like the federal government. Um, and the reception has been really um, universally uh, positive because uh, as Vasu mentioned earlier, the, the cost uh, is far too great for the, I guess, centralized solutions that are intended to sit on hilltops or mountaintops or satellites. Um, and fire experts, I think, also understand, they understand, of course, that the cost is imperative if you're going to place a lot of sensors, which is what you have to do to really make a difference. But I think that the fire, they also understand that a local approach is really important. So the, the reception about the $290 price point has been great because it's very accessible dramatically, dramatically less than other options by, you know, orders of magnitude. Um, but, and also they really understand, they really, I guess, support this idea of creating, I guess, uh, the, the, the smoke detector in terms of early and local detection for the outdoors. Is there a limit in, as to how many of these devices can connect to each other and then feed back to the base? There is a limit, um, but uh, it but it could be overcome by adding another, uh, essentially, a, a base station. So uh, it's it's unlimited if people if people just continue to buy base stations. But for one base station, it's about twenty to thirty devices. Yeah, 20 to 30 devices covers, you know, 20 to 30 uh, times 10 acres, which is a very, very large area anyway. So, Wonderful. So we want to congratulate you on the innovations. Where is it that people can go to to get more information? And uh, when do these ship? Yeah, th thanks, Fred. People can go to torchsensors.com to both find more information. We have a video there um, and, and also they can pre-order it there. And uh, the uh, estimate as far as when you'll be delivering these? So the estimate right now is the fourth quarter of this year. Be sure to go to the website because yeah, we have a, we have a really good video that kind of just demonstrates how exactly these can be used, how exactly the app looks like, um, as well as a lot of other information, so. So the site again is torchsensors.com. Yep. Well, congratulations, Vasya and uh, Michael, on, on what you're doing there. And we look forward to these coming to market. Thanks very much, Fred. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, thank you for having us, Fred.